All right, welcome to episode six, where we're going to be bitching about grid life rules. Oh boy. So, you know, just, just stay tuned for that. But today we have a special guest, uh, Nathan from FCP Euro. Uh, Nathan, would you like to introduce yourself and tell them what you drive? Uh, sure. Yeah, so I'm Nathan from FCP Euro. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the event director there, and I drive a Mark V Volkswagen GTI. Mm-hmm. We like diversity around here. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, there's no other German hatchbacks on this podcast. <laughs> no, there is not. Nope. AMG doesn't count, right? No, That's no. That's Austrian. No. <laughs> I thought it was an Infinity. I mean, it could be whatever you want. Oh, it could be an Infinity. You're right. <laughs> Fuck. Forgot about that. Same chassis, you know? You're the only oh. two door German, German hatchback here. That is true. That is true. But um, okay, so today we'll just jump right into it. Uh, so they released the rules uh, on Monday, eleven twenty-eight, and everyone was upset. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people were upset. Uh, but, Butt hurt. Yeah, but Nathan, how do you feel for street class? We'll just discuss street class because we're all in street class. So, what's your yeah. takeaway? Well, I'm definitely thankful that I'm not in GLTC. That, <laughs> that seems like where there's quite a bit of, uh, I don't want to say animosity, but there's definitely some stuff going on there. <laughs> um, so for street class, um, the goods is they, they basically eliminated like the kind of what Eddie would probably call the cheater turbos mm-hmm. um, as being officially allowed. So that's like the S209 Subaru, the HKS, like uh, GT3 or whatever that uh, Ben was running. Um, but it's still like 41 pounds a minute airflow, 25 PSI max, which is kind of hard to prove. Apparently I didn't even realize this. I'm not that much of a turbo guy. <laughs> I've stayed willfully ignorant when it comes to turbo specs, but uh, <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's a thing that's, that's, that's probably good. Um, double adjustable dampers allowed. Considering I just may have purchased some single adjustable Fortunatas, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Um, What's the return policy on those motherfuckers? I mean, technically, Devin has them right now. Yeah, I have them right now. So, I mean, we can make anything happen. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I don't, I don't, I legitimately don't think that I'm at a point where I'm going to be any faster on doubles than singles. Like, right. I don't think it's that kind of a car anyway. So. I was going to say, like, for me, that rule in particular, it, it, my abilities to set up, set up in parentheses, a car are very limited. So I would just be doing myself a disservice with a double adjustable because I'll be under there fucking around thinking I know what I'm doing. Next thing you know, the thing's bouncing its way off the track. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think the single adjustable is all my brain can handle for now. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense, and it's, it's I've always kind of approached driving from the standpoint that like I can get better more Absolutely. so than the car needs to be adjusted or fine tuned, like tire pressures, whatever for sure, like a damper adjustment here and there for sure. But like, I'm, yeah, I'm not fucking with that. <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're under there with a fucking tape measure, you know, checking the rebound settings and all that stuff. Like, if you know how to do it, that's awesome. Like, kudos to you for spending a lot of a lot of time and energy learning that stuff because it is a fucking art form let's be real here like getting a good alignment or knowing how to do an alignment is an art form 
But that being said, I don't know how to do it. And the more little buttons and things I can press, mm -hmm. the worse it's going to end up because I like to touch everything. So, yeah, I feel like, uh, well, I don't like that rule personally because, well, if this is supposed to be gearing towards more of a street class or street car and more attainability, uh, a two way damper is not the right direction. <laughs> and also for street mod, they still only allow two ways, which you would think they would allow three ways at this point if you're allowing it for street. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, a lot of people uh, don't know how to set up two ways, so then they're just gonna be slower. Um, so I don't really think the class is going towards that route yet, but uh, maybe like the top five or top three might jump to a, a double. And if they know what they're doing, yeah, I mean they're only gonna get faster, so. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like for me, it's like I know how to set the stuff up and I know how to align cars because I've worked before I worked at Piura, I worked at a shop and would sell stuff and set stuff up for people, et cetera, et cetera. But like, it's kind of like a point of diminishing returns or like just being at a certain level where it's like, I know that I, if I make this adjustment, I'm going to get X amount faster. Right. And it's just like, I don't see myself needing to waste the time on myself with that. Um, I, that said, I do agree. I think like, one ways are more accessible. Like it's supposed to be the quote unquote most accessible class other than maybe Sunday cup. Yeah. And, and it, it just sort of like bumps it up. So it's like, there's the doubles, there's the drop spindles, yeah. um, which, yeah, you know, <laughs> they still have it. Oh yeah. That I, one. I, I brought that up to see what Eddie would say about it. Oh my God. Well, I mean, I, I get why they're drop spindles in cars because especially the cars that need them need them need them badly, um, not only for the uh, you know to adjust the offset when you put coilovers in a car, but also from a reliability standpoint. Especially like if it's an all-wheel drive car, you're just burning up axles when it's that off balance, so um, off center. So from that under you know from that point, I get why you would put drop spindles on there. But from a street car standpoint, that's a fucking race car. You know, that's race cars have drop spindles. I mean, it's. I mean, it's not like it affects the reliability of the car, and I think the cost and availability, I think, is one thing to think about. Outrageous, outrageous for a drop spindle, like a good one. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and they only make it for certain cars. Th that's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. like, like, and and I mean, that's just kind of life, I guess. Like, you right. pick a like I don't know maybe you've owned a lot of Volkswagens and you decide you're going to have a Volkswagen GTI <laughs> right? and that's what you're going to run. And maybe it's kind of heavy and maybe it doesn't make that much power. Um, you know, it sounds but, like a lot of German cars right there. What you just said, <laughs> I mean, you don't pick them because it's the fastest thing. That's for sure. Um, but Hey, that's the way it goes, right? Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, I don't think we can turn back now. No, um, no. And I, and, and, you know, one of the things I will bring up about these whole rule changes, especially in street is I think what they're trying to do is limit what has been going on, which has basically been an arms race for turbos and horsepower. Um, they're trying to limit that with the, obviously the turbo rule, but also the, um, the rule of not allowing, uh, aftermarket ECUs, which uh, on a street car, <laughs> like it's a hundred percent legit. You know, you're, you've lived in the Northeast. You cannot drive a street car with an aftermarket ecu it's not possible i'm very torn about this so <laughs> on the one hand 100 percent 
like if you live in a state like, you know, I'm in Maryland, um, you know, you're in Massachusetts, most states have some kind of OBD scan, whatever for emissions. And that's like, you know, legitimately a concern. If a car is registered, it's got to be able to pass those things. But then if you have an older car that has like some shitty ECU that can't be tuned and it's just going to blow up. I also don't want to like gatekeep on people being able to drive the car they want to drive. I see what you mean. Yeah, I see what you mean. But how many of those cars are actually competitive? I mean, we're talking a very few select older cars that run on OBD1, for example, or, or an old chip, you know, like an old Volkswagen. Very few. Very few. I would think like OBD1, like they just do tailpipe tests for the most part here, if they test them at all. OBD1, I think the rule should be, OBD1 should have a, you could allow standalones. I totally agree because those cars, I mean, let's face it, they don't really have anything but, you know, a knock sensor. And that, you know, it just, it's very basic. So you kind of need a computer if you're doing anything aftermarket cars like that. Yeah, what about you, Devin? I know down in, uh, I know down in Virginia they got those roadside sniffers. Well, they will they will mail you. <laughs> yeah, they will. Uh, um, so luckily, I live in a county that does not have emissions, uh, so I avoid that because I'm in the middle of the sticks. So I don't have to worry about that. But when I commute to work, I do see those little sniffer things, and I'm like, eh, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I I I agree. I at first. I didn't really care about the whole aftermarket ECU because I'm like, mm. like Eddie mentioned, most of the people up top anyway aren't doing that. So, I mean, if they want to run it, they can run it, whatever. It doesn't bother me. Um, I was just more mad about the suspension thing. But um, <laughs> maybe because I just work in that industry, I'm like, well, now people have access to like, and we thought drop spindles were expensive. Now you can go all the way up to like five, six thousand dollars suspension. And uh, you know, it's not you know, who the hell is driving a six thousand dollar suspension on the street? No one. It's very small amount of people that are doing that. And it's usually like Porsche customers or whatever that do that. But well, yeah. and that kind of makes sense. Like street GT is doubles are okay. And right. that a hundred percent. Like you can't buy like an E46 M3 with singles or a suspension for that with singles, that's probably going to be super competitive. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, I don't know. But, but yeah, most of that stuff, like for quote unquote our cars, which are like kind of a little more basic, a yeah. little more economy. Eco shit boxy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Street GT, yep. that makes sense. Uh, and their price bracket is also reflective in that too, because they're right. I forgot. I, let me look at their price bracket. I know ours now went up to eighty thousand. Um, which... So I, I have notes. The street G, street GT price cap is one hundred and fifteen thousand. Okay. Fuck. So <laughs> I can't I can't put in my GT my nine nine two GT three. No. Fuck. Well, that ruined that for me. <laughs> guess i better just pack up and leave so actually speaking of rules and speaking of porsches so one of the new rules that they did change because it was a red line was for tires and street you can only downsize 10 millimeters from the factory size mm. does does that eliminate devon's cayman 
718 four-cylinder turbo <laughs> from the the ringer street class car category uh what does that come with stock do you know i didn't google it i don't know yeah let me look um i would because rear wheel drive you can do what 285s you can do a 285 for rear front and all wheel drive gets a nice big old 255 yeah, some bullshit grow up <laughs> hey man like in, in, until there's a car that's not an evo or an sti that's like at the top of the time sheet i don't think that they're getting more tired <laughs> well how about we do a weight thing for the heavy heavy girls out there so like the evo 10 and a gla thick girls still get it done bro what the Yo, fuck you talking tire, about man i need more tire <laughs> um i'll find that in a minute but um so what else changed is the format for track battle. Mm. Um, mm. So how do you guys feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear Eddie's take on this because like, it came out and I was like, hmm, I don't know which way it's going to go. So, okay. And, and Nathan, I get why you're impartial to it because you see it from a business side. <laughs> so so from, from you could see it from the other angle, whereas I'm looking at it from I'm a driver. And so, so I'm not a driver. here we go. Here's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not a Here's driver. Here's what I'll say. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I mean, you're a mediocre one at best, but <laughs> but you also are usually work, quote unquote working if you can call your job work. Dude, oh man, it is the coolest job. It is the coolest job. I mean, it is a lot of work. I will I will grant you. Like at Lime Rock, you were running around like you probably burned five thousand calories going up and down that goddamn hill. um but that being said here's what i'll say about this from one hand from my you know angel side i can see why they're doing it because when you're watching the live streams first thing nobody knows grid life does certain events they they live stream it on youtube twitch um etc and when the time attack part comes up it's usually pretty fucking stale. Let's be real here. Um, it's hard to make it interesting because you don't really know what car's actually going on a fast lap. You don't know what is actually going on or if there's actually a record that's being broken during these laps. So they're kind of just panning cameras on random cars and be like, oh, yeah, I know Devin. You know, he works for Fortune. That Man, that car looks freaking slow, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it sure does. Uh, no, and, and usually, you know, the announcer will be like, oh, yeah, well, that's because it's a fucking CUV. And he yeah. tried to make work. Uh, but What an idiot. But on the other hand, so, so I get why they're doing this whole, um, you know, elimination style shootout. Because it makes it interesting. Because now you can see what's going on. You can time it and know where it's comparing to other cars or to your competition. Um, And then they can focus on one car for a lap. And it it makes it more interesting. Now, here's where I think it it goes off the rails a bit in terms of on a driver's side. I don't think there's going to be as much track time. I think that's the first thing that I thought of immediately. Especially for people who might, let's not, I'm trying to say it nicely, might not ever make that top five. You know, um, me, yeah. me. <laughs> well, well, no, there's still the same. There's not necessarily the same number of sessions because it's usually like six at a big. That's rate. what I mean. I think and they're going to cut that down. It'll be five, but it'll be five for everybody, including those that don't make the top five. Oh, yeah. No, I, I know but, what you're saying, but I think they're going to condense the, the sessions because yeah. think about how much more time this is going to take. 
Yeah, because it's one car at a time for the it's one car at a time. Um, and they're gonna have to, you know, get the cars all lined up in the correct order or whatever. And, you know, they're gonna have to worry about weather now. You know, there's things there there's gonna be things that they have to account for. Um, a car spinning off, now you've gotta stop, get that a one car off. A Subaru oiling down the track. You know, yeah, exactly. Because they can't have standalone anymore. Nope. Um, <laughs> and, and 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 again, and again, the thing is what what goes back to it is for the people that aren't in the top five, is it really worth it? So here's the thing that's interesting, I guess. Um, this rule definitely is like designed for TV, right? Like it's designed to of make course. it more palatable. Yeah. It's designed to make it more exciting to an average viewer, which makes sense. And mm-hmm. you know, I totally agree. The other thing that this also rewards is consistency and reliability over outright pace. Potentially, right? Potentially. I thought about that too. You know. like, like, for example, at... You know, Lime Rock, you were on the podium anyway, but well, thank you. <laughs> I forgot about that. Thank you. But, but like Ben was in first place and then broke, so he wouldn't have made it because he wouldn't have made it after that first session. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, right. we, I'm in another chat with like the Acuity guys, and they're all just like, you know, by you know, the days are gone where you could just do you know, crank in one lap and then fucking sit around and take a nap in your trailer. It, yeah, it changes kind of like, is it even time attack anymore? Like, because the, the, the yeah. record counts, but there don't you don't get a podium or a trophy for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's it's funny because, well, we're in front wheel drive, you and I. So even if yes. we do break a record because I've broken the record, I never get on the podium usually <laughs> with that record broken. So like, I'm usually the person that gets like that, you know, pat on the back. Great job, son. You know, better luck next year. You're out there still trying that front wheel drive life. Still trying to do it with <laughs> wrong wheel drive, you know. Apparently they're going to give you a sticker if you break a record. Like, a fu- I've got like four stickers I need then. God damn it. I mean, it's new this year. It's not for last year. We move, <laughs> we move forward, not backward. Hey, my records may not break. So therefore... I'm getting stickers for the if I you know the records don't break, <laughs> right? I mean, if they don't, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how fast my car is. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They can't. I think. Form, I, I, I think. think I think that. Ringer. I swear. I think that thing's gonna you know come out in a flame. You know, a blaze of glory. Oh boy, that's <laughs> not too much of a blaze. <laughs> just fire. You know, just fast down the track. You know, and then you get to a corner and those TT spindles and all that shit. I don't know how that's going to work out for you, buddy. We'll find out. I don't know. I mean. Has it been done before? Yeah. Okay. So it's not like a, you know. It's, it's, it's not. A, it, yeah. It's like Tinker Toy stuff. Like it all fits together the same yeah. way. There's a couple things that are different, but like it's basically, it's still a PQ35 chassis. It's the same thing. Okay. So we're not talking like Devin over here, who's basically, you know, reinventing the wheel. <laughs> You know, cutting holes in a Benz. You know, no I, one's I, done that. No one's I, done that. I haven't cut it yet. So, well, we'll see this weekend. It's supposed to. You know, I, I think you're the only person who's you know trying to do the GLA thing on track in America. I don't know of anybody else. <laughs> there are uh, others. <laughs> there are a few others. Yeah, my buddy Troy had one. Had um, one. It, yeah. Yeah, he, but he like goes through cars. He's that kind of dude. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I've never, I've never seen one on. Tra- I've seen them on track. That that's not the right word. I've never seen one being set up like just for track. 
meaning it's not just like oh you know it's my daily the gt3 broke so you know i took out the (laughs) the backup the winter beater sort of thing yeah so So. i I know why i'd make my i make life hard on myself and things difficult Devin, why do you give yourself such a hard road (laughs) this thing you could why don't you just pick an easy car like a civic uh because i okay so i don't dislike civics okay i like the fk8 so eddie don't crucify me uh but i'm not paying forty thousand dollars for a civic especially because they don't depreciate i mean that's a good thing but i also would like them to depreciate if they would have depreciated maybe i would have bought one but i had a folks st before and i was like well i don't want kind of like the same thing even though that car is way better in pretty much every regard but it was still the same philosophy. So I just wanted something different. So then I got the GLA and then I told myself, I'm not going to track this car. And then I did. So, and then I went down the whole rabbit hole I did with the focus. And then it just, it's, yep. Yeah. I'm just using what I have because my thing is if I were to sell this car, what could I buy? And I can't think of anything I could buy that would be, as competitive as this car kind of is stock. Um, yeah. So yeah. And it's reliable, knock on wood. Um, and you know, you can just beat the ever living shit out of the car and just hot lap it. No issues. So yeah. And, and you're, you're still a real street driver and that you drive that car back I and forth to the track. Much like, much like I do with my 200,000 mile GTI. <laughs> uh, uh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me, let me just open up my Instagram the other day I drove my car to work. There was ice on the windshield. All right. That shit's defogging de- is like takes a decade. So I got snow tires on my car. I mean, if it is on Instagram, that is real. It yeah. is real. That's it is real. real. Yeah. 100% real. Corey so. did post that. And I was like, wow, he actually did take that out. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> I take it to work occasionally. If there's no salt on the road, I'll take it to work. I mean, I used to drive it. It was my daily driver, hence the snow tires. When I first bought it, I drove it on the street as a daily for years. And then the other Civic blew up. And then I took it to the track. And the same thing happened to me like Dev. And I was like, fuck, this is so good. Why would I go to an old car again? Like, you know, I was just sick of getting to the track and immediately getting out the toolbox yeah. and having to fix something. And uh, that car gave me as much seat time as I possibly needed, you know. And uh, so, yeah. It does have its flaws, though. It's not perfect. And heating, yeah, it sure Oof. does. You have no idea. <laughs> so, 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 kind of going back to like the uh, the the reformatted sort of podium mm-hmm. shit. What do they call it? I forgot. Shootout. What? Yeah, the podium shootout. Whatever that was. So, so you think that's a step back, or do you think that that's going to be like make for a more interesting championship? I think it depends on who you talk to. I think if it's someone who's in the run for the championship, they're going to say this is freaking cool because you're going to be a part of it. You're going to be involved with it. You're going to get to do all those cool laps. You're going to get to be on camera. Everybody's going to want your autograph. Next thing you know, you're going to have stickers of your car out there. Um, But for people who are trying to get into the sport or have never done one before, that's a big task. It's a big order. I mean, I'm not saying it was difficult before because as we all know, it is not easy. This is not 
as easy as it may look. It's not what, you know, Gears and Gasoline leads you to believe that it's, oh, it's easy. You just show up with your car, you get a trophy, and you win, and then you go home. It is like a full-time job outside of work if you want to be competitive. Um, and I think for that, it just makes it one step more difficult to a degree that um, is just going to be harder. That's all. Um, I think some people have different feelings about it because maybe they're thinking, well, I was never up there to begin with. So why does this matter to me anyways? Fair. Um, let me, I still think it'll be cool though to watch. Like I said to Devin, I sent a text earlier. I was like, Hey, well, worst case, I'll just get out the beer earlier. (laughs) Uh, And cause that's the thing, like grid life. I love driving. It's a great part, but half of the fun is just being there with the people at the events, the vibes, just hanging out, doing nothing is always just probably my favorite part of the whole thing, honestly. Yeah. So whatever. If I don't drive as much, then so be it. So I guess, uh, Nathan, if you want to let the audience know the format now, if they aren't familiar. Sure. Um, so basically, you know, previously, you would go out. However many sessions you had you, was a chance to set a fast lap, set a record. And then at all, they all counted the same. End of the end of the event, the fastest three drivers were on the podium. Yep. So now you've got two practice session, two practice sessions, two qualifying sessions, and then in those two qualifying sessions, you basically set your position in the shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, so the top five go out. You get the track to yourself for two flying laps, and then the best of the rest, which is going to be sixth on down to whatever, like tenth, twelfth. 20th whatever right they kind of shoot it out amongst themselves so you can set a record in any of those sessions and it counts and mm-hmm. you get one bonus point for doing so towards your quote-unquote championship but if you go out and practice and set a record and then break and miss qualifying you miss the shootout okay um maybe you might not know this but you probably do uh so say if you're sixth place and obviously you're in the second session if you run a faster time than the fifth place do you become fifth place or you're just six you're just the most you can get to a sixth okay yeah. so you, you miss the fucking boat right yeah. To say. <laughs> yeah you get the record you get a bonus point for setting setting the record right um but then yeah you don't like get bumped up Oh, uh, because okay. that probably already happened because they already did the top five and then you're in the right. They're going to turn the cameras off. Yeah. So Although I assume, com- <laughs> I assume they're only recording top five. Well, I was about to say, actually. So in the stream last night, Kyle said that it would give them more of a chance to focus on more people and not mm-hmm. just the fastest and, and whatnot. So I assume they're going to stream at least part of it. Yeah. Thing. Oh, That's for true. sure. They're, they're going to need to fill. I mean, and it's still going to be just as interesting because remember, it's the same format that they had last year, the mm-hmm. sixth and lower. So they're going to still do what they did. And I think, yeah, I think they will give them more chance to do those cars because there's going to be less cars out there. So. So, yeah, that's that's how I feel about the setup. I mean, again, also, we should clarify that this isn't for every event. This is no. only for the festival events. Am I correct there? So that could be Lime Rock, Gingerman, wherever the West Coast one is, if it's at PPIR again or wherever. And, I and that's... Sh- I surely hope not. PPIR is 
trash. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird venue. I, I've only, I was only there the one time, and it was a, a weird time. Yeah, I didn't drive. Well, I didn't drive on it though. It's just looks not like it looks like a good place to have a concert though. Yeah, yeah, the concert because you can cool. just stay up all night just doing whatever. Yeah, I don't know if if you want to be up all night. <laughs> it, it's not it's not the vibes that you'd want to stay up all night. That's yeah. the thing. Like when I remember like going there, like feeling like hopefully it'd be like Midwest. And it just kind of wasn't like, and there's a, probably a variety of reasons because it's like the camping is outside of the track, and then oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, it's kind of like it kind of like segregates everything out, and it's like it doesn't quite have that same cohesive vibe that like Midwest has or or Lime Rock had. Yeah, Lime Rock was what a great event. What like oh, that perfect. was unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I've said this a million times to people, but that may go down as one of like the greatest weekends I've ever had. Like in terms of everything, it was just so much fun, you know. Thank God this clown set it all up with FCP because you know. I can only we claim, really, yeah. What were you saying? Uh, I can only claim slight partial credit there. It's not directly anything to do with me. Yeah, but you had a big help in it, in in its path. I'm we, sure we tried. So basically, you know, so FCP are we are partnered with Lime Rock Park. We're not an owner of the track, which some people think we are because we have so much signage, but we're not. But we do have a, an extended 10-year partnership with them. And part of that partnership includes we have access to a full unmuffled weekend, mm-hmm. um, which they only have five or six a year or something like that. And for us, like, you know, we could try to throw like FCP Eurofest or like whatever event, but it's not necessarily in our bandwidth to be able to do that. And it's not necessarily in our wheelhouse. So we were like, Maybe we can figure something out with grid life, blah, blah, blah. And ultimately, it was like, you know what? We're going to give our weekend. We're going to give it up so that grid life can have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can work it out with the track and blah, blah, blah. So, like, the only thing that we really did to facilitate that was, like, help make introductions and then, like, basically give up that weekend we were guaranteed. But obviously, it was for a good cause. That was, like, it went better than I think anybody would have anticipated. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Because, I mean, I've been to Lime Rock a few times. And you've been to Lime Rock a few times, right? You've been once or twice? Mm-hmm. For the most part, the median age there is 50 <laughs> plus. And when I read that Lime Rock, that Grid Life was going to Lime Rock, the first thing I had was, well, this will be the one and done event because there's no way we're invited back there because I went to a Ferrari day there a few, like a couple um, years ago. Yeah. And it was an unmuffled day, track day. I show up in the Honda. I fit right in, obviously. And I immediately felt like, I'm like, I do not belong here. What <laughs> am I doing here? I get on track and it's just challenge cars going by me. <laughs> like cars that like have like, oh, how much is that worth? Oh, I don't really know. It's the only one sort of situation. So um, so when I heard about it, I was like, "There's this could be the last hoorah. So we might as well get our, our time in there. But it turns out that it went spectacular. Um, and I'm just so thankful that, you know, this whole thing even happened. So golf yeah. clap. Mm-hmm. Good job. Definitely my favorite event. And also the fact that it's a local track helped a ton. Cause I'm used to driving God knows how many hours to these tracks. So it was nice to only, you know, get up in the afternoon and just drive over there. So. Yeah, as opposed to towing. 
Yeah, yeah, because he's not a real streak. I still towed. <laughs> I still towed. No, but it was it, everything about it was really special, and and I I was kind of curious to see what people would think of the track itself because it's like people were really excited to go there that hadn't been there, and having been there a lot over the years, it's like it's a great track and it's super special and it's really fun, but you're never really quite sure what everybody's going to think about it. Like, is it going to measure up? Um, right. And it, and it seemed like it did. Like, was that your first time there, Devin? Yeah, that was my first time. Um, beautiful facility. As soon as I got there, I was like, holy crap, I don't belong here. <laughs> um, but yeah, the facility was immaculate. The setting was perfect. I didn't know it was like in the mountain, like like built like around it or in it or whatever. Um, and then when I went out the first session, which was a terrible session, by the way. We had way oh. too many fucking people in group two. <laughs> I remember. I remember that one. I'll never forget that one being behind fucking the Integra. Yeah, and I was right. I was tucked in right behind you. That was that was that was a lot of traffic. Oh yeah, and then uh, what was that? Real Drive Golf. He went off like ever so slightly, and like chucked rock, and then it splinter cracked in my window and I didn't realize it until I got back home, but I fixed it luckily before it spread. Cause I, I couldn't imagine the replacement costs on a windshield. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that first session was God awful. But other than that, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, what was cool for me is that like, you know, the, the new owners and stuff like Dickie who gave the speech on Saturday. Uh, that was great. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That was epic. Like, not anything I expected, but like the whole, no. like all the facilities managers, the track operations people, everybody was there still, which mm-hmm. is not anything I've seen at like an IMSA event or something like that, you know, and that speech he gave and like, it's so heartfelt and like they were as happy with grid life and grid life was as happy with them as like, and I think that everybody that went there was stoked. So like, it was just all around an amazing time. Yeah. Now, do I- they run any on Sunday or is it? No, okay, they never do that. No, it's like, it's, I don't know when the law went into effect, but essentially, you know, the track's been around since 1956 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think they used to have racing on Sundays, but then there's like a very old church there and blah, blah, blah. And long story short is there's no racing on Sundays ever. And it was a lawsuit about this for like many, many years that went mm-hmm. all the way up to the, you know, probably Connecticut Supreme Court, whatever. And just, last year maybe i think it finally was resolved and it was like yeah it's not going to happen no racing on sundays and mm. it's you know the neighbors kind of fight it so right it is what it is yeah i mean uh, i don't know who thought it was a good idea to build their houses <laughs> next to a fucking racetrack <laughs> but you know that's what we have to deal with with lime rock and a lot of tracks in new england are like that um palmer is very similar um, they they have like really strict sound. Um, Club Motorsport, which is in New Hampshire, has strict sound. So, you know, if you've got like a loud car, usually they'll kick you right off after like one try. Um, and Lime Rock usually is like that. Like I got kicked off the first time I went there. Did you really? Um, not my FK, my old eighth gen, which wow. was loud, uh, <laughs> but not that loud. It still had a muffler on it. It's just K series things. And, and, and like, you know, the, I got kicked off and I was like, all right, well, that's the end of that weekend. And I just watched, but yeah, Lime Rock, epic track. You've never been 
highly recommend it or go to the grid life event when it happens again um it, and it is going to happen again oh i'm so excited yeah. i'm stoked is that your favorite track me personally no yeah no what's your so, favorite uh vir yes by far uh-huh <laughs> never been never Dude, been it's amazing like so for for I, you know, living in middle in the mid Atlantic and I work for a shop called NGP and we sponsored a lot of events with Audi club. So we would go there all the time and I got to run for free, which is the mm-hmm. only way I could afford to do it half the time. <laughs> and something about VIR, I don't know what it is. Like, I mean, obviously the track is super fast, but, and it's, you think it would be more intimidating than it is, but it isn't. Um, and then there's just something about like, once you get there and you kind of like drive down the hill and you drive over the bridge and the S's are climbing S's to your left and you're sort of yep. like in there, it's like this little bubble and it's just so special. Yeah. Um, I don't it's know. Definitely it's definitely a great environment. Like I, I want Eddie to experience it, especially. Oh, if I st- want to experience it. If you it. stay there too, like if you mm. stay where the uphill S's are, it's phenomenal. You walk out in your deck and you can see everyone just climbing up the S's. It's pretty sweet. It's on my bucket list. That Sebring and Laguna are on my bucket list for sure. And Road Atlanta too. I'd uh, want to drive Road Atlanta. I don't so I would want to drive Sebring in someone else's car. <laughs> yeah, don't beat up your own fucking Oh want, yeah. I don't want my car to break. <laughs> Sebring is a very rough ride. Yeah. My brother's done like schools there and like Miatas and shit. And I've been there for IMSA and watched it and it's like I have photos of like 9-11's going through turn 17 with like literally three wheels off the ground. Oh, yeah. It's insane. And if it rains, best of luck. Concrete that, in the rain. That used to be an old airport, right? Or airbase or something? It was a World War II um, B-17, maybe, uh, training base. Okay. So they trained pilots there for World War II. And it's still an active airport. Oh. Parts didn't of know that. Anyway. Yeah. Who the fuck knew? Hey. Yeah, Learn something new every day. today. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I uh have you done the Glen? I haven't. Oh my god. <laughs> you lived around here for how long? I was in Connecticut for 3 years. But ironically, Watkins Glen is closer to where I am in Maryland than it is <laughs> maybe to Connecticut. It's like five and a half hours from Connecticut and it's like 5 hours from here. Who the f- wow. I didn't know that. It's yeah, you wouldn't think. Yeah, but it's like six for me. I don't know. So Watkins Glen, I've never wanted to drive on it. I don't know if it's the walls. Yeah, that could be it. <laughs> I don't think it's as scary as people say it is. I think I think also like in your car or my car, the speeds are relatively slow. Yeah. You know, so to speak. Like I do get into six gear. But that's at like 140 into the bus stop. Um, other than that, my car is very uncompetitive there. Like I do a time time trial with my local uh, group, Com, and I'm always consistently three or four seconds slower than the Mustangs and the BMWs that can just haul ass. Uh, so definitely not a front wheel drive four cylinder track. Well, maybe maybe Devin's car cuz that has some torque and power to it. You I'm know. all top end. So yeah, I probably love that. Yeah, dude. That 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 track is and the bus stop is just so cool. That does look uh, fun. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. Definitely a good track. I like Lime Rock more though. So. Hmm. 
Yeah. I, well, I think it's also just my car is not suited for Watkins yeah. Glen. A, a Corvette or a GT3 or a BMW is suited for Lime Rock, but front-wheel drive Honda kind of struggles in every corner because every corner is a power-out kind of corner. You know, it's like a get into the corner and just mash it for the most part there, and my car and your car just scrabbles around trying to find grip. So, yep. My feelings on the Glen. <laughs> so, uh, Nathan, so the audience knows that you drive a Mark V GTI now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you plan on changing? Or actually, just tell them the the modifications you have currently, or roughly currently. You don't have to go through the whole list. And then what do you plan on changing for uh, 2023? Um, sure. So, basically, it's a fairly basic setup. The car, it's nothing too crazy. It's... Uh, up to now been as the kids would say a full bolt-on setup <laughs> uh, so it's what stage <laughs> <laughs> yeah stage two plus uh-huh <laughs> uh, no so it's up to now it's been a stock ko3 turbo it's got an upgraded apr high pressure fuel pump you have downpipe cap back intercooler intake all the normal kind of stuff you do to get a little more power but it mm-hmm. It probably makes, I haven't dined it on this tune, but the last time I dined it, it was like around 235 wheel um, horsepower and then around 300 wheel torque. So it's got a ton of torque, but that's pretty useless at the track. Right. Um, it's got um, a couple different like uh, subframe locking kits. So Tyrrell Sport um, subframe locking kit front and rear that helps to like attach the subframe to the chassis because otherwise it just floats. Um <laughs> Which is pretty common because like a lot of those cars, you don't have like adjustment for camber in the front or anything like that. So you basically can slide it back and forth, left to right to align the car. But of course that makes it really floaty and not all that accurate. So, um, sway bars front and rear. It's currently got a hollow Hotchkiss rear bar on the car, three way adjustable. And it's got a solid super pro front. That's two way adjustable. That one's going to go away for a, uh, a hollow front for a little less weight and a little less rate. Okay. Um, it's got a master cylinder brace on it from Tyrrell Sport. So basically, on that on that platform, if you hit the brakes really hard, the master cylinder moves like mm. a lot. <laughs> um, like if you pop the hood and a friend of yours presses on the brake pedal, you can see it move like five millimeter. <laughs> um, so that's on there, which keeps it from moving and gives you better braking. Uh, it's got TTRS front brakes on it, so it's the 8J 2012-2013 four-piston Brembo. It's pretty much the same as like every Brembo that comes on any car. Right. Evos, SCIs, etc. Does it turn colors? Um, <laughs> I, they're normally black, and I painted them red, and they're oh. filthy and kind of definitely a little more brown. So they're not okay. really brown bows per se, but... <laughs> not yet. Welcome to the brown bow club, <laughs> my friend. Yeah, it, they're on their way. They're on their way. I might repaint them when I rebuild them this year. I don't know. Um, it's got, uh, let's see... Um, basically all stock suspension stuff except i have super pro bushings in the rear of the car um, power flex front bracket and bushings which does like a caster anti-lift setup but Mm -hmm. that's not huge Um, and then it's got a auto power bolt-in four point roll bar in it and then you know shroth harnesses and sparko seats and stuff right um so for the future for basically what i'm doing right now in the off season i've had a ko4 for the car for a few years so i'm finally going to do that um that should hopefully net somewhere around 300 wheel maybe a little less depending on what it ends up being with the you know boost limitations and stuff right um i've got an af- an auxiliary oil cooler to put on the car from bartek um 
in Germany. So up to now, it's kind of been ignor- ignorance is bliss. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, you know, um, but that is what it is. So uh, that hopefully should provide a little bit more consistency and reliability. Um, and then uh, let's see what else. I guess other than that, the big thing is just going to be the um, suspension stuff. So I've up to now I had, so NGP, we had private label coilovers that were made for us and they were basically like a hybrid sort of kwst based kit right my kit i had swift springs on it um integrated engineering camber plates i had coney rear shocks with v2 kw fronts <laughs> and all this stuff and it actually worked pretty well for what right. it was yeah but it 100 was like maxed out and it, it was be a limiting factor and because fortune goes to all the events and mm-hmm. <laughs> is on a lot of the fast cars and we were limited to one ways. <laughs> yeah, I was were. like, I was like five tens is the way to go. So I've been talking to you. And so the five tens are going to go on the car, um, which I'm looking forward to. Um, I haven't ever had monotubes on this car, so I'm stoked. Um, and then the other thing is basically OEM plus stuff, which hopefully doesn't bite me in the ass too much. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but basically the aluminum TT, Again, the 8J chassis TT uh, front spindles, which means I also have to do the, the inner and outer tie rods, which means I have to also have to do the steering rack, which allegedly I don't have to reprogram, but we'll see. Euro. Wait a minute, you have to reprogram a <laughs> steering rack? You've got to reprogram everything on some of these cars. It's better you than a tell Porsche. it to just turn? What does it just not <laughs> it, turn? It's an, No, so it's a, an electric power steering rack. It is quicker ratio than the GTI rack, but the way the inners thread into it are different. So to actually have it be safe, you have to use the TT rack. So on some of those, the, the coding for it has to change um, because of the way that the steering angle sensor is and blah, blah, blah. So on some of those cars, the steering angle sensor is in the rack and some of them it's in the steering column. But supposedly with an early Mark V, like I have an 06 and that rack, supposedly you can put it right in i mean physically it bolts right in the only question would be the coding wow that's (laughs) so um but yeah so that's kind of where it's at and i'm hoping i'm just trying to keep up with eddie basically the first event we were basically the same speed and then the next time i was watching him on the live stream no it wasn't on the live stream i was there but not driving and i was checking your lap times it's like fuck he's like four seconds And then you're even uh, faster this year. So I'm just I'm just trying to be like Eddie, basically. Mm-hmm. Dude, you have a skill that none of us have, which is uh, a brain. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, no. man. I'm, I'm here with you guys. I don't know how much of a brain I have in this case. <laughs> yeah, um, you pretty much just gave everyone what you're going to do. So, I mean. This so, all right. So, I, I've got for. some questions <laughs> about your setup. Yes. First thing, differential. Oh, yeah. So, what what's that? Um, it's got a wave track in it. Okay, so, so it's yeah. not a GTI diff, or I don't even no. know what they would have. It, it's got a piece like normally there's a just a piece of shit open differential in it, and it's like oh, because yeah, of the way the turbo gonna... spools up, it's like fuck, it's awful. Like it that ain't spins. gonna work. Yeah, <laughs> and then the so, next the next question I have is like, what point? Okay, so the big thing for me about my car, and, and this is what everybody gives me shit, like Lynn fucking Devin. oh why don't you just turn this shit up to 11 run 500 horsepower because that chassis cannot handle more than let's say 400 horsepower comfortably i wouldn't even say that because the way i like to drive a car i don't like it just going from you know ping pong off each side because on a front wheel drive car that's what it tends to do 
are you afraid about that happening when you slap the KO four on there? Are you worried about it torque steering your life? No, not at all. I mean, the platform, no. it's pretty solid, like in general. Um, yeah. And it's that's mild. Like that's something people have been doing with that car since it was new. Because okay. you, you could get that turbo in those cars in Europe and, you know, the Golf R and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that I'm not worried about. If if I was trying to turn it up to like 400 something, then, yeah, I'd be worried about the rods. I'd be having to build the motor. And yeah. But, yeah, like for me, like I want to be competitive and I'm probably more competitive than I would let on t- to, to myself or anybody else, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're real competitive. Don't um, let him fool you. <laughs> yeah, he plays this whole thing. It's a job. It's not a lifestyle. And then, you know, next thing you know, he's got fucking race hero up, checking lap times while he's working. What are you looking at? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, the whole thing's yeah, it's just psyops. I'm trying to I'm trying to psych psych you out and and uh and, and get faster. You take your front wheel drive records. But like Dude, but no, it would I mean, be an honor to have you take those because you work two hundred times harder trying to do this than I do. Uh I don't know if I work two hundred times harder than you trying to do this, but I work really hard doing events and trying to do this, which Devin knows the pain of doing and anybody that works in events. Listen, if I, if, if someone said to me, listen, you can get records, but you got to program a fucking steering rack. I'd be like, see ya. I don't need that. Don't you work in computers? Yeah, but I don't work in car. I mean, I don't, I mean, it's just like another thing that you have to worry about well did you code it right is it when i turn left is it actually going to go left or is it going to go right is it opposite day you know you just don't know so, so the fun the fun fact about that is that actually what happens if the steering angle is not set right is it'll fight you so like, oh my gosh it's even an worse electric rack so it, it the boost is and feedback and everything is all based on the computer knowing everything right so if the computer thinks the wheel should be a different direction to be straight even if it's like actually going to make you turn left it will fight you to center itself (laughs) and my god thankfully that's pretty rare um but if it isn't coded correctly or if it doesn't set like steering steering angle that can happen so it's it's like one of those early force feedback steering wheels like when you never got it set up right and like you're trying to turn it right but it's like just not doing it it's so, like a shitty sim. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like my sim setup, my Logitech, you know. <laughs> but yeah, but no, like to to kind of circle back a little bit, you're 100 percent right. Like putting like a shit ton of power into the car, I, I'm I'm not interested in doing that necessarily. Like I want balance, I want more top end, I need, to, I want to have a little bit more speed, sure. But like, there's a point of diminishing returns, whether it comes to reliability or just like being able to put the power down, and until I actually get it up and running. I don't know. Maybe I'll be like, fuck, I need 50 more horsepower. Right, then... right. <laughs> I, I've always stood by this, though, and you, you mentioned this earlier. Whatever deficiency you have, most of the time, can be found in your driving. And whether that's the line you're taking, or the way you're braking, or the way you're getting on gas too early or too late, if you make up that, that'll make up more time than you being like, all right, time to put on the God tune and, you know, (laughs) making things even worse for yourself. Yeah. So I think a lot of people rely on power too much sometimes um, and not necessarily driving. So I think it's very adamant, um, especially watching you drive, especially only having 230 horsepower. 
like how close you are in like place placement of like when you finish like in all consideration it's pretty phenomenal honestly um yeah you're wheeling the hell out of that car so (laughs) like (laughs) i don't think anyone else is doing it (laughs) i'm trying man i'm trying like it's it's one of those things where it's like why why are there no volkswagens out there no audis either or mercedes but mercedes it's more understandable it's like like are are they not fast are they just not competitive or is it like people that drive people that can drive choose not to drive them i don't know i think new jersey showed why uh most volkswagens aren't out there because i think every single one of them had issues well almost every one of them had issues there's a lot of overheating, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think it was a Volkswagen thing. I think that was a it was cumulative everybody yeah. <laughs> overheating. Dude. Uh, it dude, was... that was a, so freaking hot, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, I was in a meeting today where I was talking to um one of the other guys that worked that event and we were kind of talking through the year and he's like least favorite event was that. And he was like, It was just so hot. And <laughs> Yeah, it's New Jersey in July. It's like how it's going to be. Like every right. single time, it's like being on the surface of the sun. Yeah. What I didn't like about that track was the gravel. I didn't realize there was so much gravel. That was messy. Um, but what made you choose the Mark V? Because I know you've had a million cars. <laughs> I've had a million cars, but they've almost all been GTIs. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, oh God. Um, so essentially the Mark V is, is admittedly not the best looking car. I think it looks good in certain situations, but it's mm. not my favorite car, but it drives really well. The chassis is good. It's cheap. Mm-hmm. And it's the first sort of GTI that they did the independent rear suspension on it. Up to that, it had been, you know, twist beam rear and all that stuff. Right. Um, so it, it sort of checks a lot of boxes. My brother bought one new in 2006 mm-hmm. and I actually bought that car from him in 2013. And I, that was one of the first cars that I really started tracking. Right. And I loved that car. I had to sell it cause I made a stupid decision and took a job where I took a big pay cut. And then I was like, <laughs> eh, I'm going to get rid of this nice car and buy a shitty old Mark four. Um, wow. Great <laughs> yeah, decision yeah. right there. <laughs> Dude, it's the only car I've sold because I was tired of working on it. And and that was, like, I bought it with a six-speed swap and a Quafe, and it was great, but, like, it also sucked. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's one I'm familiar with. So, per, like I mentioned, working at NGP, we were a Volkswagen Audi shop, and it's, like, what I sort of know. So, like, once you know how to work on a certain kind of car, you understand mm-hmm. the philosophy of, like, the engineers and how they put it together. And it's, like, I could, I love other cars. Like, I love Evos, you know, I love Civics. I love all kinds of stuff. I'm not going to buy one because I'd have to, one, they're all expensive, but two, um, I'd have to learn like a new way of working on cars. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't want to do that, but it's like, you know, it's what I know and it's, it's consistent and cheap. I totally get it. I absolutely get what you're saying. Um, and, and you're you're talking to me because I have, I've had everything, you know, German, American, Japanese, but on the track, you kind of want something that you know because you're going to end up fucking fixing it most likely. Yeah. And you want to know the part numbers by heart. And I'm sure you know things that you need <laughs> in the back of your head. Like, you know, oh, man, I need a timing chain or something or guides or whatever. I know what the part numbers for that is. So definitely comes in handy. Yeah. So I, I did like uh, I've done a lot of things at NGP, but I was like the purchasing manager for a while. So like that stuff was, yeah, ingrained. 
service purchasing <laughs> yeah. sales when you when you service as many of them as as we did and they still do it's like you kind of you get a vibe on on what's going to happen to it so at least for me i don't necessarily know all the part numbers and whatnot but i do know danny does so i can just rely on him <laughs> this is true <laughs> he just spit it all out i'm like okay that's what i need <laughs> i don't know where he he comes from from for knowing all that stuff like <laughs> He he is an encyclopedia when it comes more than I'm for Volkswagen. He is for Mercedes. Yeah, um, I need to start asking him a few questions then. <laughs> he'll be happy to help you out with your 400e. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love that car. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the Cayman would be uh, perfectly fine. The rear <laughs> size is 265. We're back it's on this. Good. It's still a Ranger. <laughs> oh, just... what tire setup are you running on the GTI? I know I forgot what you mentioned. Uh, I didn't mention it actually. So uh, up to now, I was running two thirty-five square Falcons, uh, the six sixties, and then I couldn't get them. And I tried a two fifty-five at Midwest, or maybe it was kickoff when you were there, when the first time that we were on track together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried it. I had a two fifty-five that fits up front, and I tried that, but like it just didn't work any better for me so um i couldn't get 660s so i tried the v730s which i actually really like um so i was running 235 square jersey and then i was running 235 square the first two sessions at lime rock and then i went 255 uh, 35 18 front and 235 40 18 rear which will be basically how the car runs until i wear those tires out and then Maybe if I decide to be a dumb person, I'll cut the fenders <laughs> and put fender flares on it and run wider front tires. But I don't think that uh, that's going to happen anytime real soon. Unless I, I don't know if your steering rack will like that either. You might have to reprogram it again. <laughs> exactly. You never know. It might it might have some uh, issues. But well, uh, that yeah. What we're saying, Devin? Oh, you know? um, I was going to tell the the listeners that uh, he does have flares that he did buy and he is questioning putting them on i think you should just put them on i just don't like how they look <laughs> like well first of all it's like fender flares on most cars it's like i don't want to i'm not like a respect all builds person but at the same time it's like <laughs> you think of like stance cars and shit and they're like that's right. not what i'm into and i just don't think they look right the car is kind of awkward enough as it is and adding like those flares on i just don't know if it's gonna look good yeah but if i have to do it then maybe i will (laughs) the car reminds me of a jelly bean it's not an egg egg thank you yeah (laughs) whatever egg jelly bean round round. (laughs) so you would think that you would think that fender flares would add to the roundness of it they do that's the problem i was gonna say but when you put it in the chat i was like I mean, if it's for performance, then fuck it, do it. But you know, if you if you still care about the looks and you want to sleep at night, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> you're just trying to keep me from going to water. Tires. Exactly. You're <laughs> you're you you're. Now. What do you? What would you run? Like a two sixty five, two seventy five? Yeah, something like that. I'm not really sure. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I there's no way would I go to a two eighty five, two sixty five, or two seventy five would definitely work, but. But then you come up to the issue of like being too much of a stagger front to rear. And because yep. and the rear of that car 
is super narrow and 235s will rub depending on how it's aligned so like 245s yeah i mean that's and that's it's funny you say that because then you're just inducing oversteer Mm -hmm. and you'll be drifting you'll be sliding that thing around i mean that's like the fast way with front wheel drive cars to a certain extent you want the back end loose and to kind of dance around but i feel like it would maybe be a little bit twitchy like a little too unpredictable oh i mean if you're running a 275 in the front and a 235 in the rear that's a pretty significant (laughs) difference (laughs) yeah yeah i'm i'm not trying to do that that's not a goal so We'll see, I think though. try try the setup you got. If it's not, if you're not feeling it, we'll get out the old grind wheel and we'll just fucking go to town. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bring the flares wherever you go. I mean, there's problem people, solved. There's people in Europe that have done flares like custom flares that look really good, but that's like full custom body work, and technically that's not allowed in, in street class. You can do f- over fenders or flares, but you can't actually do like the custom body work. Not to mention the cost with that. Like you know, you have that's to get true. a. A auto body shop to custom make you fenders and then one day you by accidentally put it into a tire wall yeah fuck that yeah, yeah. So, that somebody somebody was like you need you should buy the osir or whatever carbon fenders they're wider and i'm like two thousand dollar fenders cost more than chassis car. yeah exactly <laughs> let oh, me tell man. you a secret um i'm already uh breaking the rules because they said 25 psi my stock turbo is over that, so we'll see. So wait a minute, if you have a tune, do you have to detune it? <laughs> I don't fucking know, because <laughs> like that's what would ha- I mean, that's what would probably have to happen, right? If you right. aftermarket tune it, you have to be. Like, All right, I'm dropping it down to forty nine point nine 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 nine. Dude, yeah. Eddie's gonna Eddie's gonna put up an email after this and be like, "Hey, Brent, immediately." I, it, has, it has recently come to my attention. <laughs> I'm gonna bring it up. And the rule is going to be changed to whatever base minimum your uh, turbo 27, runs. 27. 27. That's it. Yeah, but see, that's like 50 horsepower in a Subaru and Evo. We can't let that happen. <laughs> so wait, so 27 PSI, is that a spike or is that what it holds? Uh, I, I would imagine it's probably where the spike happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I feel like that's a gray area because depending on the car, like boost control may not... Yeah factory oe boost control can't necessarily smooth that out which actually might be a problem on the ko4 depending upon how it's set up like if i'm trying to achieve like a reasonable 22 23 psi redline yeah it might spike over 25 especially if you load it definitely probably do that yeah but i mean unless you're breaking every single record and becoming a world champion i'll be fine i don't think i don't think you know i mean i don't think well first thing what's your flow rate on that sucker i don't know it's oem i can't it can't be i don't think it's gonna be you know legal as they say we're gonna bench test it we're gonna flow rate it as long as i'm uh, not in the top five i don't think i'll get protested we're gonna get you bumped to street gt no hell no 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 no. you can't do that Oh my God! <laughs> no, no, I, I think you gotta keep the uh, the Euro Hatch Brigade going between. Absolutely, it's just you two, right? Uh, and it was Evan. I don't know if he's running this year. It was Evan. He's always up in the air. He's he's doing one thing. And he's doing something else. He's been building like a wheel to wheel car for like two or three years since I just started at FCP Euro, and it's still uh, not done. So it sounds about right. Maybe he'll bring out the mini. That'll be fun. Yeah, that thing's fast. That, he's oh good. yeah, that car is freaking fast. <laughs> yeah, he can wheel too. Yeah, 
He can. He was right with me, and then he disappeared, and I was like, oh, it's a mini. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> when he said, oh, one of the injectors stopped working, I'm like, oh, what a surprise. Just many things. <laughs> yeah, because the- I, he would have podiumed, I think. I think he would have found time, and he would have gotten into the, you know, maybe low one minute. He's run a minute flat with that car there, and that's on 215s. Jesus. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't, wild. It doesn't make that much power. Like I, I think he dined it at New Jersey, but I think the most it made when it was built because he bought it mostly built was like two fifty wheel, which is a lot of power in that car. But that's not that much power. It's not four hundred. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's not anything to write home about. It is light, but it's not that light. Yeah, those things are still have some heft to them. So. Yeah, it's a so weird... I've. Oh yeah, keep going. What I was saying? just gonna say it's a weird car to drive. It's like it revs to like eight thousand RPMs and makes zero torque. <laughs> but it's instant because it's supercharged, he... right? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't he saying it's some American motor? Yeah, it's this dude out in LA, um, whose business was actually right next to Michael S's shop. We drove past it. He was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> I think I know that shop." Um, so, the, so speaking of modern cars that need standalone. The, nobody tunes those ECUs and the people that do tune them do weird shit to them so that they like nobody else will touch it. Oh. So he, can't, he literally can't get that car retuned. Like no one will touch it. That's a bummer. Yeah. Get another ECU. <laughs> but at, I don't, I don't even know how easy issue. it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, at that point, yeah. honestly, you might as well just buy another R53. So they're so cheap. No one wants I was gonna, to. <laughs> you, I love you those get cars. It. Me too. I do too. I loved that car as a kid because of the Italian job. I yep. was like, I want a Mini Cooper. I think they're the coolest fucking thing in the world. Still I think they're one. really cool. It was a 2003 gray with white stripe. It was sweet. But yeah? it broke all the time. So I was like, uh, it's got to go. <laughs> but So I've got a story for you guys. And Devin knows this because I sent him the video. All right, so remember that? Okay, so remember that? You should have put it in the chat. It was too long. It was too long. I I thought about it. but You got to send it to Nathan. You got it. Nathan, what's your cell number? Because you have to watch this. Oh, wait, I have a cell number. I'll send it to you. Just send. It is so funny. Okay, so remember that silver golf R that I was looking at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember I sent it in the chat and you gave me like the whole fucking, you know, (laughs) basically owner's, real owner's manual on a golf R. Um. So I sent an email about the car and this, the, one of the salespeople on, sending right now to you it's sent so me a video of like walking around the car. It might be one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever gotten from a dealership ever. Right. Cause yeah, they do these it. like videos now, you know, where they, they make these videos. Oh, here's your car. You got to watch this. This is epic. We want a reaction. So yeah, we want a reaction. Go ahead. I showed, Diane, this video, she was like, Is this real? <laughs> As you can see, it's in great shape. Silver on silver with metal hubcaps. There's your trunk space here. Spare turbo back here. <laughs> Is he fucking with you? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, just touch it. Just 
unlock. You got these really nice dark tints on here. Power gauge, power locks, power windows. You got the racing style, steering wheel with that flat bottom, the gold R line exclusive racing seats. You got the chrome brake and gas pedal. <laughs> digital dash as well you have fender speakers exclusive in this vehicle as you can see over there fender speakers This dude is selling it. What? R line, I love it. He's slamming dude. those doors. R line. <laughs> oh, Joe. <laughs> Dude. so so i showed that to Corey, and immediately she goes you need to buy this car just for that video oh man yeah i feel like you'd need to meet him in person oh my god dude he sounds like a cool dude like i want to meet this guy he's really working hard for that sale he even titled Absolutely. the video eddie's golf yeah, yeah. r-line it's an r-line it's not even an r it's r-line r-line uh, you know the the silver hubcap sold it for me. I mean, I was just Bro, when he said the turbo, I was like, turbo, he, "Ain't a, no way!" Yeah, got a just... spare turbo on the back. <laughs> yeah, buddy. So that car actually did sell. So someone did buy it. Great deal. They did get deal. a good deal for that car. Yeah. Um, but yeah, funny, funny car, funny story. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. Car sales. <laughs> So yep. you talking about you were thinking about getting a sim together, right? You you've been you brought it up briefly once in a while. What's the story with that? Um, I do have a sim together. Oh, you do? I do. Um, so the wheel and the pedals I had bought last year, actually, or maybe the year before, I don't remember. It was like pandemic time, and um, it's like a entry level club sport Fanatec kit, which mm-hmm. is fine. Um, but I did not have a PC, and I didn't have room for like a full uh, cockpit and everything. And then, so in the interest of one, learning tracks I haven't been to for next year, because I'm hoping to actually drive maybe four events next year. We'll see. Ooh. Um, if I can do five, that'd be great. If I can do more, that'd be great. But, uh, you know, up to now, it's been like a fight to get track time just because work is busy. And if I'm not like at a racetrack working, I'm at some other place working. Yeah, um, dog exactly. Show. Your dog shows. Dog shows. <laughs> true. A lot of dog shows. Um, which are, there's a surprising number of parallels between that and uh, racing. Oh, I can see it. It's, it's pretty wild. But uh, no, but um, so I've got, I bought a cockpit um, and then basically borrowed a computer from work. 
borrowed as in took yeah. without asking no um <laughs> nate vincent who's our director of motorsport who is technically the person in charge of said computer um <laughs> said that i could borrow it to see if it still worked because it's been sitting in a warehouse for three years not touched um so i happen to remember the password actually which i was surprised and <laughs> i got it up and running and plugged in and so i've i don't know i've had it together for like a week and a half maybe oh that's awesome what games have you been playing um so i've got iRacing racing and a set of course on there and basically just between those two um each one kind of has pluses and minuses, it seems like, depending on like, mm-hmm. what tracks are available and stuff. And I I just downloaded a bunch of different stuff for a set of Corsa. Um, that was pretty fun. So I downloaded like Atlanta Motorsports Park and a bunch of like club tracks. Couldn't find Gingerman. But I, but I have uh, Pikes Peak on there. And I did that last night with the, uh, do you know the, the Judd V8 E36 hill climb car that was like sponsored by KW? Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like super wild over the top. So that game, that car on Pike's Peak, and it was a fucking blast. (laughs) It's so fast, but it's so much downforce. And I did awesome until, well, relatively awesome as in I didn't like totally bin it until like mid upper area. I don't know what it's that area is called and then i pitched it off the side of the mountain (laughs) which is great but yeah been doing that so just running solo not like doing any like actual racing no leads i i'm surprised you haven't pulled out the fucking bus simulator (laughs) i i'm not familiar with the bus simulator (laughs) or truck simulator like you seem like that type of guy that would like get really into the truck simulator thing (laughs) I don't I don't know how you know me quite that well, but that does sound really interesting. You just you know, you just give off the whiff of nerdery. And uh first thing I can think of is you playing the truck simulator and being like like you know, you, you, you all your friends are like, hey, let's go out, let's get some drinks, let's go hang out. Shut up. I have a deadlines to meet. I'm going from California to Boston tonight. I'm going to be up all night doing this. I got the popcorn next to me. We're good. See ya. So full disclosure, pandemic times, I was living in Connecticut in my apartment by myself. I had to go through before we got, um, because we were still traveling and stuff every once in a while. Mm -hmm. It was pre-vaccine vaccine. So you'd have to like quarantine after. So I'm like literally just sitting around my apartment, like with nothing to do. (laughs) So I'm like on the Xbox and I'm like, hmm train simulator that sounds interesting (laughs) oh no (laughs) so i'm not gonna go into the full details but it was kind of fun but it was absolutely maddening because it's real time so if you if it takes like 45 minutes to get from this station to that station or whatever it's 45 fucking minutes (laughs) and it's like you're just like man this is too much and if you fuck it up and like don't stop in the right area you have to start over again (laughs) i'm like like, i can appreciate this for a lot of different reasons but this is too much (laughs) so what we're what what i'm learning about this is not only you have a lot of patience which is good but also if we ever are together and we have to take a train. You're the first person I'm calling because if the conductor or the engineer, for whatever reason, passes out, you can get behind the wheel of the train. I'm, I'm not saying that I could do that, but hey, I'll give anything a shot. Oh, I played that game. The reason I said it is because I played that game, and like, it's not. I spent an hour 
trying to figure out how to turn the thing on. Yeah. <laughs> like the train. It was like, turn this key, turn that key, turn the sander on. You know, I'm like, oh my God. I just I was, gave up. I, I was playing uh, one of those. It's like in the UK and it's like the 70s. So it's oh like nothing's well maintained and there's like all these problems <laughs> and it's like, and it's a diesel. So you're like, you have to anticipate like when the boost or whatever comes on and like the torque and this and that. And this, it was like, there's a lot of finesse, but it was too Yikes. much. It was too Yikes. Little, a little too much sim for me. <laughs> so there's a game that I've been, that I, I played through the pandemic. It was a similar situation. It was called snow runner. Oh dude. And it's this off-road game. And my friends and I got really into it. I mean, like, hours into this game. Like, spent hours essentially just moving people's logs around through the <laughs> woods. And, like, the problem is, and, and I don't know if anybody's played this game, but, like, it's also real time. So, if, if you're looking at the map and you've got to get to the other side, it's going to take you an hour. And you're going to get stuck. And you're most likely going to roll it over, which means you're going to have to get another truck to roll you back over. So, yeah, it's terrible. So there's a bunch of people at FCP Euro that were really into SnowRunner. I was not <laughs> one of them, but we were hanging out one night playing it, and somebody got a truck stuck literally on the side of a mountain somewhere and had to get the tow truck out there and spent, I don't know, 45 minutes trying to get the thing <laughs> unstuck. It's, it's a cool game, though. I can appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I've lost days to that game. I swear to God, I've lost days to that game. <laughs> I, I don't know how you guys do any of the sim. I don't have the patience for it. If I, even like sim driving, like it's not realistic enough for me. I can't feel the sensation of speed and I just, I can't do it. Like I, I went over to Ben's house and practiced in JMP. Other than familiarizing myself with the track, like, nope, I am not, I'm not good at sim. I can't do it. It's not for everybody. Um, I'm not particularly good at it either. I, I, my thing is, is like, for me, when I'm driving, I need to feel what the car is actually doing in my butt. I know right. that sounds crazy, but like, that is a big component to what I'm doing. And when I'm playing iRacing or something, the car just lets go. I don't know what it's doing. <laughs> right, yeah. And next thing you know, I'm in the wall pressing, you know, F, <laughs> you know, resetting the car. So, so a buddy of mine, um, who does a decent amount of iRacing, he's not good necessarily, but like he practices at it and like wants mm -hmm. to compete he turned me on to a really budget option to add a seat kicker because that's like a channel in iRacing specifically mm -hmm. for that and he said it made all the difference in the world for like being able to tell what the car is doing and what when it's actually starting to rotate and stuff like that i mm. haven't i haven't put it i haven't installed it yet but i bought it it was like 70 dollars with this shit send me the link i will because cool. yeah that's my biggest downside with with sim racing is i just i can't figure it out like that's i mean like i've done fast laps in a sim but i can't do it repetitively i mean it's like a one and done situation for me and, and then i hit the wall so. it's super hard and the weird thing is is when i first got this set up the, like a couple weeks ago it clicked and i was like in a mx5 cup running like 59s and one minute flats <laughs> at lime rock and like, I ran like fucking 15 laps without crashing or, and they were all pretty good. And then I got on it like, you know, a couple days later and it was like sucked again. <laughs> it's, but yeah, it's super, super hard. And like people it's, I think the thing that's difficult is like when you're driving a real car on track, 
there's obviously real life physics involved. There's you knowing your car, but in sim racing, you have to know the driving aspect of it, but you also have to know how to game the software or set the software up to actually be fast. Right. Which is beyond just like driving the car. Like you have to learn the software too. Like how do you set up this and how do you set up that and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I just don't have the patience to learn the software that well. Do you run VR? No, but so the setup at FSPRO had VR and it had a, like a movement rig, but it was like a really cheap small one. Mm-hmm. And I ran VR a bunch initially and it was kind of cool, but I definitely got motion sick the first few times <laughs> and it would make me feel a little bit weird. I kind of prefer not with VR. I don't know. Do you, do you run VR? Or no? I've done both um, VR for me anyways. It's really cool. But I would get the worst migraines after for like hours after I'd feel like something's not right because your body's looking for movement that isn't there. So like I would I would feel really shitty after. So no, just a monitor. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, you feel super weird. The cool thing was is like when you're sitting in the race car, you can like look around. And just oh, yeah, there, there definitely are benefits like the mirrors and everything. Yeah, you can, you can do all that stuff, which definitely helps. But for me, the. It just seems like too much stuff. Yeah. Some people swear by it. Some people say this is the only way you can do this whole sim thing. I, I feel like half the setups that you see people that are like really, really trick, they have the wide screens or triple screens or quintuple screens or whatever, but <laughs> I feel like not everybody uses it. I don't know. It feels like a pain. It feels like too much. There is there is a, a a point where you can get too many too large screens because then you have to move your head physically to see what's going on and if you're at that stage then you need to definitely get the screen smaller or push them further back. Hmm. Um, same thing with video games, you know, like the ideal screen size probably is like a thirty two to a forty inch TV, hmm. but you know my dumbass uses a sixty five inch TV, <laughs> so I'm like looking around like, oh, the guy's over here. <laughs> You know, you, so you're trying to get smoked on by a 10 year old in Fortnite. You got to yeah. see it in full resolution. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. You're right. not wrong, my friend. Right. So where can we find you? Um, you like physically? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, move? that too. Right <laughs> no. uh, I'm in Maryland. <laughs> now, um, so I'm on Instagram. Um, Nathan.brown55 is the sign on there. And I'm on Facebook just Nathan Brown and the various whatevers. And, uh, and I'm in some of the videos for FSP Euro. You are, and you're fantastic in them and way too professional. (laughs) I mean, I kind of went to school for communication. So it's like, at least I'm putting my degree to some extent of use. Right. That's important. (laughs) Me too. I went to school for communications and you see how that turned out. (laughs) Yeah. But you're in a job that you probably make a lot more money than I do. And you probably don't have to work quite as hard on weekends at events. That is that is true. That is true. The the money part is probably debatable, but I definitely don't have to work as hard as you do at events. But I don't get that satisfaction that you do when, you know, people are like, Hey, I can't wait to come back here. And I think that can definitely make you want to keep working at your job, you know? Yeah. It's it's super rewarding and it's it's so the the background on it is that I actually went to an arts high school and I was in theater production and you kind of get to learn to love the event, like, you know, whether it's a dance concert or a play or music thing or whatever. 
And, and that's kind of like my first love was always music and things like that. And so you kind of like see, I see a racetrack or a venue at this as the same thing. Like that's the concert venue and you have the performers and things on track. And then you have the attendees and fans and stuff like that. And it's like, it's time bound. It's definite. You have to make it happen. And it's really, really hard, but you also get a real sense of accomplishment when you actually pull it off. And, and it's something you kind of like not love to hate or hate to love, but it's just like, it's super challenging and rewarding and in, in those ways. So, yeah. I think at the end of the day, that's what all of us are looking for is, you know, completing a challenge, whether it's doing a grid life event at Lime Rock, which sounded almost impossible, <laughs> or it's podiuming at a grid life event or, which you is know, impossible for, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey you know what though like anything is possible yeah, if you right. set your mind to it because like Especially i never thought format. i was gonna podium i never thought i was gonna podium and so yeah look at you you did it twice I know. Both the first I time the first time i thought it was a fluke to be honest in jmp so yeah huh. but really? second time yeah i mean i figured i'm like oh well you know maybe not that many fast people showed up whatever but then the Lime Rock one sort of solidified. I'm like, okay, I kind of know what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're super consistent, which is obviously, I think, important um, just in getting laps and everything else. Like, I think, you know, yeah, the you know front-wheel drive cars are going to not necessarily have as much for, like, the ringer cars all the time. But I think at the end of the day, the consistency of it is what, you know, will probably long-term play out. As yeah, absolutely absolutely I, mean, I think it's only a matter of time for devon's there oh my god with that car? <laughs> yeah all-wheel drive we'll see we'll 27 see. pounds of boost yeah stock 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 that's what it is man <laughs> but all right well we'll wrap up this episode this was fantastic thank you for joining us uh hopefully you got all of our secrets and now everyone knows your secrets so you know <laughs> everyone in street class knows now so uh yeah, I'm, I'm an open book yeah <laughs> but all right well thank you everyone for listening and uh stay tuned till next episode thank you for listening to another episode you might have heard a little background noise at the beginning uh, that was coming from Eddie's mic. I think he was rumbling chips and drinking near the mic. <laughs> so we'll work on that next time. Um, but you can find all of our links below. Uh, and you can also find Nathan's link as well or his at um, for uh, Instagram and whatnot. Um I'm glad he stopped by and joined us to talk about uh, his Mark V GTI and everything going on with uh, the new rules. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. Every Wednesday we drop a, um, a episode. In episode seven, we're actually going to announce a new uh, co-host. So we're going to have three co-hosts uh, for the extent of this podcast. So... Uh, Be sure to check out episode seven when that drops. Uh, Thank you guys for listening every week. We really, really appreciate that. Um, It means the world to us. Um, But yeah, come back next time.